If you speak to people honestly, without trying to put a facade up for them to either hear what they want to hear or for you to only project the best of the best in every possible way without being real, I think they get a lot of that. So I think if you're able to be more honest about what it is that you're trying to do and where you are within the journey of trying to achieve that, I think they tend to appreciate it. And welcome back to another episode of the Kelly Loomberg podcast. I'm your host, business mentor and personal brand and style expert on a personal mission, you guessed it, to inspire a minimum of five people a day to take action, do something different and just show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Love all your messages each week, post podcast. You're like, this was amazing. Or this has made me think differently. What is making you think differently? I want to know. Tell me on Instagram. That's my most frequented platform, Kelly Loomberg Official. And thank you in advance for being one of my five a day. Drop a review on Apple Podcasts. This just helps other people see these messages and interviews with incredible guests with amazing stories. And one of those stories today is Sanskriti Sanjeev, founder of Hall & One. Now she launched her beauty subscription service with the focus that every woman deserves to feel special. And you'll hear this in the episode. And that the definition of beauty is just as valid on one person it is on someone else. Hall in One allows women to kind of refresh their current routines, try new full-size products for a fraction of the retail price that they wouldn't normally pay for. And it's all delivered to your front door. And it's so cool. I've had a delivery before. And each box contains between five to seven full-size products and at least two of them being from high-end brands that have got like a retail value of about 450 dirhams. And what's really important, the primary difference with this is it's all about the personalization. So Sanskriti is all about making these boxes a way of celebrating each woman's unique preference. And I really enjoyed speaking to her, hearing how she launched two weeks just before COVID and the global pandemic hit. And Sanskrit is also passionate about changing the way that women not only see themselves, but how advertising portrays what is deemed traditionally beautiful. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show, Sanskrit. It's great to have you. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. So good. You're most welcome. I came across your products now. Your products or what would you call it? Is it your products, your business? Your... I think we would call it a beauty service because if we're talking about a beauty box, these are products that we've sourced from different parts of the world and we curate them just for you. So yeah, it would be our, our box. Well, you our sent service. me a beautiful box and inside it were things that, not things that I had tried before and some have become like my favorites, like the... <laughs> beauty um what, what is it the makeup eraser like yeah so the makeup eraser really really lovely so yeah why don't you I'm tell so happy to hear that those that are listening what it is that you do and, and and kind of how it all comes together and what exactly is a beauty service so a beauty service is basically in our case we're a beauty subscription box what that means for us is that we are curating and personalizing every box every month for all of our subscribers. We work with, I think now we have more than 45 brands 
and we are getting these brands from all over the world. So we have brands from the UK, we've got brands from Poland, we've got brands from the States, we have brands like Glam Glow, which are very well known and readily available. So we have them from different parts of the world. And what we do is once we receive the details from customers of, you know, what their preferences are, do they like makeup? Do they not like makeup? Do they like blue eyeliner? Do they like pink eyeshadow? Whatever your preference is, we then work with them to customize their boxes every month. So we have five to seven full-size products. And if we have samples, that's fine. But we try we try to steer away from just sending you samples. We, we ensure that there's five to seven full-size products. And is this something that, you know, you subscribe to and it gets delivered every month? Is it a one-off gift or what is it? It's actually both. We can do both. So we do have for our like recurring subscribers that we have at the top of every month within the first you know, four to five working days you would receive your box at the top of the month so that you know you can start your month off with this little gift for yourself. But we do have, we have corporate gifts as well that we've now begun, but we also have um, novelty boxes and bespoke gift boxes that we have. So that tends to do really well around like holiday season that's coming up as well. Mm-hmm. So we have people that come in and say, hey, I would like in this budget to gift this to my mom, to my girlfriend. And these are the kinds of things I think she likes. And in a lot of cases, it's men, and they're not quite clear what it is that they're significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really is personalized. It's not a case of getting that whole, oh, here's a box, and you know, your mum gets something, but she doesn't wear any makeup, but it's a box full of makeup. It you do that nice exactly. blend of of introducing products and beauties and makeup, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we've got makeup, hair care, skincare, and beauty tools. Um, beauty tools can obviously be your your sponges and brushes, but it also has, you know, more skincare tools like your face rollers and face massagers and things of that nature. So, yeah. So where did the idea come from? I mean, is it, did you see it somewhere else? And what made you decide, right, I want to start it? Because Hall in One is the name of your, your, yes. um, your business. What made you decide to start it? So honestly, beauty boxes are not all that uncommon, uh, you know, back home in Canada or anywhere else in the world that I've lived, it's pretty run of the mill. The only difference is that why we, when we thought of starting all in one, we wanted to add a little bit more dimension and depth to it, as opposed to just having a business that sends you, it's great to have a business that sends you a lot of products that you can try, but we wanted to add a little bit more dimension around it and try to personalize every box because we did feel that there is an opportunity here for making the people that receive these boxes feel a little bit more celebrated and a little bit more special because then that box is just theirs, right? Mm. We've met, you know, all of us have had so many incredible encounters with different people from different walks of life. And I'm pretty sure we can safely say that no two people are the same. And so no two boxes for those people should be the same because they aren't. My big question is how do you personalize something but still have leverage on it? So the way that we would do that is when anybody signs up with us, whether it's for a gift or for a subscription, we have a very, very quick form. We try to keep it very simple. I know I've been a subscriber for certain beauty services such that it takes me like a good 10, 15 minutes to fill it out. And it's great, but it, it is tedious. So we want to avoid that sort of situation. We try to boil it down to like key questions that I think would give our team the necessary insight that we need. And based off of that, we then continue to kind of evolve and put these boxes together based on things that they've specified that are, for example, what is in your current skincare routine? It seems like a very simple question, but it gives 
you know, our team enough information to exactly gauge where you are at in your, you know, in your level of beauty journey, let's say. Yeah. Okay. So the, the personalized comes from the forms and the questions that you send out yes. beforehand, and then you will read them and go, well, this person needs this bit here and this bit here. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, so talk me through the process of you starting to put this business together. I mean, because it, it's, mm-hmm. you know, approaching like retail brands, you know, you mentioned like Glam Glow as being one of them, like, you know, yeah. do you just pick up the phone and go, hey, do you want to work with me? <laughs> you know, because that would put a lot well, of people off. How, how did that sort absolutely. of all come about? So the thing is, having been, you know, a beauty enthusiast for several years, um, but also kind of having worked as a freelance makeup artist in the past and things. So there's, I mean, at least for me, there is an intimate familiarity with the products that are in the market and an inherent interest. I think half my salary would just go into buying products from Sephora. But uh, generally speaking, I think it's it's a matter of first, before even approaching the brand, trying to find products that we think would be useful for our subscribers and for our market, ordering them in personally for our team to kind of do some R&D on for several weeks, actually. And independent of the brand's knowledge, this is being bought by our own volition yeah. in, in, you know, at retail prices. And then approaching them and, and saying, look, we this is what we do. This is our mission as a brand over and above just being a business. This is the difference that we're trying to make. And so we would like to purchase one, two, three products from you for this cost and to go into our, our boxes. And luckily for us, um, we've very rarely, if ever, had brands turn us down. In fact, Glam Glow was, it's a big name. It's a big name globally. They were one of the first few brands we approached and they said yes right away. So it was a very big moment for us. I can imagine. And, and people maybe listening to this, you know, hopefully there's some sort of inspiration in that there, that it's like, if you don't ask, you don't get. So I guess my question to okay. you is, you know, just explain the process. Did you just Google, you know, who is the, the buying person? You know, like, how do you get to that point? Like simplify it for those that maybe want to, not in that industry, but maybe they want to reach out to, whoever is big in their industry, how do they do that? Sure, sure. So it worked, to be very honest with you, I had to take different approaches for different brands because it it varies depending on the size of the brand and where they are, what their work culture is. But I think to be very honest, it, it was just a matter of going to their website, clicking on contact us and seeing what is the information that they've made available to you. So if they did have a phone number, you best believe I stalker called them till they hated me. <laughs> but... <laughs> Because normally, normally you will get connected to like a customer service person yeah. and, and as sweet as they are, they can't help you. So, but it, it was a case of just calling and calling until they were like, okay, this, this, this crying baby needs milk. Otherwise we're going to lose our mind. So that happened in a lot of cases, um, brands have like a generic email, you know, at say info at or inquiry at you know, xyz.com. Mm-hmm. And then you would send that email and you would follow up and follow up and follow up until they acknowledge. So it is a matter of just being really, really persistent. <laughs> and I think that is really important to say, because something I get back from you know, clients that I mentor, when I do workshops, they'll say, you know, well, I, I've, I've messaged back once or, you know, I don't want to hassle them. 
but you're saying, well, if you want to work with the best of the best, then they're busy. You know, you're a little down on their priority list and you've got to kind of keep on them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there is there is something to be said about uh, reaching out to a brand that's more of a entity and not a person specifically until you realize that there's a person on the other end who responds to you. I get, I've had that too. I've been where I've had been connected with an individual in the brand. I did have that. I have to be honest. I was a little bit nervous about not rubbing them the wrong way and then having them make a decision purely out of frustration. That wasn't necessarily going to be in my favor. But I think I think brands do appreciate it. And I think when you do speak to them, and this I think is applying you know, more industry-wide, if you speak to people honestly without trying to put a facade up for them to either hear what they want to hear or for you to only project the best of the best in every possible way without being real, I think they get a lot of that. So I think if you're able to be more honest about what it is that you're trying to do and where you are within the journey of trying to achieve that, I think they tend to appreciate that. And it's a really good tip there, that sort of the perseverance, keep going. And it's okay to feel, oh, am I going to rub someone up the wrong way? But your mission, you mentioned that word as well, that you want brands to know what your mission is. What is that? I think the, the mission that I'm speaking about specifically is more around making sure that, like I said, that all of the people who receive these boxes are very well celebrated and to try to feel or for them to try to feel more empowered when they receive these boxes, because we're all about celebrating individual definitions of beauty. We're all about trying to make sure that everybody doesn't feel the unnecessary pressure of having to look like the girl on the billboard. Mm. Right. So the idea behind this was more to make to like, you know, try to make at least make an effort to have conversations started um, in the region via us, you know, as a starting point around inclusivity and representation and beauty and how, you know, people with different preferences for what they think is beautiful should be equally celebrated and shouldn't have to feel that if I don't comply and I don't look like what's on the billboard or on the front of the magazine, then I'm somehow not good enough. Because beauty in our world, I mean, in, in our world by that, I mean, in our eyes, is not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And so the more the mission that we try to convey, and this is what we talk to the brands about, is it's been a long time since brands haven't taken it upon themselves to be a part of change, right? To, to kind of try to influence our industry and our world slightly differently than what it has, say, even when we were growing up way back in you know, the 80s, 90s. So I think um, when we talk to brands and we explain to them that, look, this is the kind of message that we're trying to send out by, by what we do, I think they really appreciate that because it gives them an opportunity to kind of associate as well with their brand values, which are now, as we're noticing, are changing and they are heading in that direction. What are some of the things that you've done as a business to emphasize that mission in terms of you know, products or, or using particular brands or the... Um, you know, that uniqueness, what are some of the things that you've done? So in terms of emphasizing, you know, like uniqueness is we've had of all of the boxes, they've now we've been shipping out more than 250 boxes. I can honestly safely tell you no box, no two boxes that went out are the same. Oh, wow. And it takes a lot of effort and it's very taxing on the team to do it, but it's such an enjoyable experience because when we send out the boxes shortly after, you know, we have feedback with our subscribers, we're talking to them, we're understanding from them what they liked, what they didn't. And we're really trying to get to know them because at the end of the day, it is a, it is inherently a bespoke service. And so 
it actually becomes a fun activity to try to make these boxes happen for all these incredible women. And we've had such nice stories. I mean, our, our WhatsApp, our business WhatsApp is flooded with all these messages, like at the top of the month that we get, where these women are saying, hey, you know what? I was a little bit in a funk last week and I got your box this morning and I feel so much better. You know, these things are really, they, they really kind of give us the boost that we need to kind it's of validate what we've been doing. Yeah. yeah. Because it's hard, you know, starting a small business and, and and it's not just starting a small business, you're personalizing a service, but you're also tackling sort of industry misconceptions and trying to inspire people that have got hangups or had hangups for many years. You know, it's a it's it's a it's a big yeah. It's a, it's a big it's a big bite to chew off, honestly. Yes. It is, it is. So, so yeah, what, they're happy. What in the in the business capacity? So you know, we've you had this idea. You, you've got the mission that you want to sort of change and um, personalize, inspire, empower. When you know your your customers get the boxes, how did the customers get the boxes in the first place? So what was your sort of what's been your best kind of marketing strategy? You know, how did you learn this? So we were once we started, um, we tried to set up. Uh, you know, a, a a box, for example, the very first thing that we began with, to be very honest with you, was the design of the box. And that must have gone through, I don't know how many iterations, because we kept trying to figure out what is the right kind of mix to show our customers that they've got something good on their hands. It's not just like a delivery packet, right? Like it's not like an Amazon bag or an Amazon box. There's like, this is a gift. It's a gift to yourself. And within terms of branding and colors, we went through all these processes. We finally got the box that we wanted. And then from there, we started to talk a little bit about two people through events, through social media, um, and through word of mouth, where we've been really lucky is that it actually spread from word of mouth more than anything else, because Mm. we launched only three weeks before the lockdown. And that was, it took, it took everybody by, by shock because we weren't sure where the world was going to go, what was going to happen. And so everything, I remember Dubai and everywhere else kind of came to a standstill for a while. Then luckily for us, we did have a couple of people saying, hey, well, I can't go out, so I'm going to try this service. And we tried to give them products, again, like I said, more you know, specifically to them, which made it easier for them instead of going and spending an hour outside in Sephora or any other store of their preference to actually get something home delivered. Mm-hmm. And so... When, when they had that, luckily for us, it actually started growing from word of mouth more than anything else. And so as a result of that, we've actually now been working quietly behind the scenes on the referral program. So hopefully, fingers crossed, sometime soon, that should be up and running as well. Do you think, well, did you question about actually not going ahead, like pausing it because lockdown or, or were you like, no, I'm still going ahead and I'm going, you know, doing this? What was your kind of thoughts then? To be honest, as you know, as any new business would, we were all very concerned. Um, we had a massive launch party. It was it was big, both in terms of its its, its like the event and its cost. And as you know, setting up a business in Dubai is not cheap by any standards. Yeah. So you know, there was some discussion around whether this was something that we could pursue. However, we took the shot and we said, you know what? Since we've come this far, this isn't as this isn't as far as the only way that we would try to get. So we, we took a chance and I'm so glad that we did because had we had we put a plug in it then, 
that probably, you know, we wouldn't have had all the experiences that we've had, both good and bad. And we've grown from every single one of them. What's been your biggest learning lesson? I think the biggest learning lesson has just been that despite people loving the idea and, and you know, being, being as excited about it as we are, it does take a little bit of time to kind of reach the level that we want to reach. And Dubai now, because it's a pandemic, once we start to pick up, we were a little bit in a, in a euphoric stage where we said, okay, you know what, we're going to be okay. But then, you know, we, unfortunately, we did have people who had to move places or had to leave jobs and things of this nature. So I think the biggest learning for us was that, you know, slow and steady. And that's been, that's been doing us fairly well so far. I think now that once we took in the all right, low and slow, slow and steady. I think then we were then then we were good. <laughs> you you did an initiative. What was it earlier this year? Where you yes. asked people, what, 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 you asked everyone to send all their old products that they hadn't opened, and maybe yeah. you know how, how did that all come about? So one of the main pillars, as well, amongst other things, in you know, for our company and for what we want to do, is is CSR, is giving back to society and also accessibility to beauty, because that's another issue that we think is is perhaps less talked about. How beauty is largely only reserved for those that have slightly deeper pockets, and it leaves a good portion of very hardworking, very deserving women a little bit out of the picture. So what we did is. For our first anniversary, instead of throwing another party, (laughs) what we said is what we'd like to do is we would like to run a drive whereby we can work with individuals and or any other brands or influencers, anybody else who would like to come forward and donate products that are not expired and unopened and unused. So nothing used, nothing even a little bit open, nothing like it has to be sealed as if new in brand new condition and something that is not expired. And we worked with our friends at Stop and Help because they have a database of people that have been financially affected by COVID. And so we worked with them to get a list of ladies that we can send these boxes to. So what Holland did is we organized a drive, we collected all of these products, obviously sanitized them, sorted them out. We asked for anything that they would be willing to give, whether skincare, body care, anything at all. And uh, we were very fortunate because we were aiming to send these little care packages, these little within in hole-in-one boxes, these little hampers to about 50 women. And we were able to hit almost 100 by the time we were done. Wow. So that was just was, all your customers coming, your, your customers, those yeah, that use your database. Absolutely. Our customers, fellow subscribe, like subscribers, people that follow our page. And I think it just kind of continued to spread that we were doing this. Um, we got featured by a couple of magazines and they helped us greatly spread the word as well. And we were, we were very, very fortunate. And we had, we had little messages inside each box, just wishing them well and kind of telling them that they're, you know, that, they, that they're celebrated and that this is a little gift for them. And I have to tell you, Kelly, the messages we got back from Stop and Help at the time um, in terms of the gratitude that they felt, the photos that we received back, they, they really were very humbling and, and they, made us, they, they really made us feel like we've done something right. So is this something then that's going to be a, an annual drive? I think so. I think so. I think we're very much considering making this more of an annual thing where at a particular point in the year, we can we can run this drive and make sure because we all 
honestly, we all have a habit of buying things that we haven't used or haven't gotten around to using. And so, you know, since it's going to sit there anyway, if we can go to somebody who'd be very, very happy to get access to it, I think it, it would make a lot of good difference in the world. In fact, we were really fortunate that we got brands and we got full-size products from brands like Dior, Chanel, Bobby Brown, wow. Makeup Forever. It wasn't just random stuff from the supermarket that you haven't used. These were legitimate products, but people hadn't used them. And they said, hey, you know what? This is a good cause. I want to be a part of it. And so we, we were very, very lucky for the you know, community that we have here in Dubai that they, they came forward and they really stepped it up, which is great. So what else? So out of that, then you know your goal and your mission was to you know serve others and support a community in a time of need. But you mm-hmm. must have found that that developed relationships with brands and you know got you some features in magazines, like <laughs> indirectly. Other yeah, it did. Uh, it did. Um, we even got a. We we ended up working with Faces as well. They sent us a whole bunch of products as well that they wanted us to contribute into these boxes. So that was that was very nice, and it did. It created some very lasting relationships, and it created a lot of buzz. Which, to be very honest with you, that's kind of not what we were hoping for. We like we weren't doing it for cloud per se. We were doing it because we really wanted to celebrate our first year anniversary with these ladies. Mm-mm-mm. So the fact that it had all these additional repercussions was was interesting and very nice. And and getting to that first year in business, I always make it a big deal when I celebrate. I call it my business birthday, and I just had my sixteenth <laughs> business birthday, and I make a big deal. And wh- thank you. And whether that's doing a competition or a drive or doing something to signify, do you know what we got this far? Because I think you know, it's not easy. You know, you've had your fair share of challenges, which I'm going to ask you about. Maybe you can share one of them that you've sort of overcome. But, you know, we have them, but it's really important Mm. to celebrate those wins. And I think starting a business is one of them. I don't know if you've seen a lot of those memes where they say, you know, we should celebrate like a business, what's that? A, a business shower instead of a, a business shower. Yeah. A yeah. Business shower. I think it's great. And when I'm mentoring someone who's starting a business, I say, make this a point. Cause I believe when I first started my business, I put a specific date. And even though I was still working at the time in my full-time job, that was the date that I made it real in my head. Like we need that sort of moment where it's like, okay, we're going from here to here and we're changing. So um, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's so good. So, so on that note then, over the past kind of 18 months, aside sort of the obvious, I guess, of, you know, launching a business three weeks before the whole world goes into a global pandemic, <laughs> what have been some of the challenges that you faced and how have you overcome them? Challenges definitely have been in terms of, I guess, as a small business, there's a lot of various challenges. And I'm sure that these aren't just particular to us. I'm sure these are open to most people mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, finding the right partners, finding logistic partners. Because, for example, yeah. if you walk into any of the known career brands and new companies, you walk into their offices and you say, hey, I would like monthly deliveries. They'd be like, cool. So we're starting with 200. Right. Yeah. So it is. I think it is a little bit of a of an uphill climb because you don't quite yet have the economies of scale on, on day one. Right? You'll get there, definitely. But it's just on day one, I think it can be a little bit daunting. So that was, I think, generic challenges that we all have faced. But I think some of the bigger ones have been just in terms of 
I think managing things, and these are very, this is completely personal to Holland One, where because we were so new and so small as a team, it wasn't just like we didn't start on day one with 20 people. I think somewhere it was more of just different people becoming a bottleneck or sometimes ideas getting stifled in your own head where you're kind of untangling, saying, I wanted to go towards Jabalali, why am I Najwan? And then you have to kind of figure out where you kind of lost track and come back. And I think that was something that was very particular to us. It's it's definitely a lot of learning. And I think the, the important thing that we learned about ourselves was more that, you know, you, you don't give up. You don't lose hope. Just because you're in Ajman does not mean you can't go back. <laughs> you will find your way back. I, I you will find your that. way back. My mom said that to me when I was doing my driving test, actually. She'd said to me, you know, if you ever take the wrong turn, don't worry. There'll always be a turn further up that you can go back on don't like don't basically don't like hesitate and then kind of make the last minute absolutely and I do kind of believe that in life like I don't know why it's always stuck with me as analogy that you'll always find a way back or a a way to the you know to the next destination absolutely absolutely and I think as an entrepreneur it's very very easy to kind of get caught up in your own head and even if it's like you feel like your business is going fine and you're going in the right direction, your own mind can wander off into 20 mm-hmm. other directions. And so that's kind of where it's really important to remember that if your mind ends up, like I said, if it ends up in the wrong turn, they'll come back. They'll come back around. You'll find your way and you'll kind of know what to do. <laughs> yeah, so true. What What's next for Hall in One? Have you got some like cool products that you know that are coming up or things that are yes. happening? There's a lot of things happening. So we have some cool things. We are working towards, like I said, we are working towards our uh, referral program. Yeah. And we have already got a small, it's it's still kind of in trials, but it's still there on the website if you want to check it out. We do have a loyalty program as well now. So people can actually purchase products. That was something that was very well requested, both actually by our consumers, like our subscribers and our suppliers. So we now have uh, just some time ago launched our online store. Which was a very big move for us because for the longest time we were saying, hey, this isn't anything we want to do necessarily. We just want to focus on boxes. But we realized that in addition to the boxes, sometimes people want to have add-ons into their boxes or they want to add specific products. And so the online store really helps with that. So we have that. We have a couple interesting events coming up in the winter time uh, that I think we're very, very excited about. You know, please keep your eyes peeled on our social. You will find out information about those. Those are very cool. And it, I think it's a, it's a highlight for us because we're now, as a small brand as we are, you know, only 18 months in business, we're now getting approached by these giant firms to be part of their events and to be co-collaborators with them for their gifts and, and for their corporate gifts or for their boxes. And it's a very big deal. I think it's safe to say that, you know, these are little moments, like you said, that need to be celebrated where you kind of feel like, on the right track and that you're doing well we've recently also been contacted by a really really big i wouldn't even call it an event firm they they do sports events all over the world and it's a huge one that's coming up and that they reached out to us for for collaborating with them so it's a it's a good time it's a good time for halloween i love it what are some of your favorite products or maybe some of your best sellers that maybe people haven't tried or Mm-hmm. We have quite a few actually. So, like you mentioned, the makeup eraser is a definite one. It's been, I know it was part of my makeup kit for years. Like, even when Halloween didn't exist, that was 
I would not leave without that because it makes my life so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> and it saves me having to desecrate the next hand towel. Let me. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It works. So I have that. Um, but we have a couple of products. We have a lot of brands that are actually female founded um, mm. from different parts of the world. And and I, I mean, women rule. So I'm not surprised. But those actually tend to be some of our bestsellers by default. <laughs> Which one, any that you can name? One of them, yeah, one of them is from this Canadian brand called Routine. They have a night oil. It's, it is, I mean, it is an oil, but it's a little bit more like a serum, but I, I'm not joking. That stuff is magic in a bottle. Ooh, it is so good. It is so good. Everything from brightening to, you know, any mild acne that we get from masks and makeup and stuff like that. It takes care of that. It, it just, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, you will wake up glowing like the sun's inside your mouth. It's amazing. <laughs> we all want to wake up glowing. <laughs> so we have that. We have um, the Fit Face, which is a actually locally founded brand here in Dubai. They have um, skincare tools. So they have a gua sha, they have face rollers. So their tools actually also do really, really well. Um, we're partnering with them and we're going to be working very closely with them in the time to come. Um, they were actually recently also nominated for the Beauty World Awards for the best homegrown brand of the year. Wow. So we work very closely with them and that their tools also tend to be bestsellers. So there's a few in there that are, are a good mix. I love it. So tell everyone, where can they go and find all these goodies? What's the the website and and how can they find out more about you know what you're up to and kind of following your journey? So I think there's a couple of different channels, actually, whichever one that they would most prefer. Obviously, Instagram is an easy one. But we've learned from the recent events of this week that we cannot rely entirely on Instagram. Absolutely. <laughs> so we've got, um, you know, the joys of technology. But we have, uh, we have Instagram tends to be where we have a lot of information. But we also have our newsletter, uh, which you can subscribe to, to kind of keep up to date with, with most of the, the up and coming new things that we're doing. Um, new products that we're about to launch, any new buzz that's going on around, you know, around the Holland One headquarters, we'll find out from there. And all of that's also on our website, which is hollandoneworld.com. That's also there. And you can you can sign up there. You can find out more about us. If there's something that you'd like to just even chat with us about, I mean, you know, by all means, you can DM us or you can, there's a live chat on the website and someone's always there to answer. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey to date, beauty products. And I'm a massive fan of skincare. So um, I want to try. What was the name of the one that I'm going to wake up glowing? Like I've had 25 hours sleep. What's it called? (laughs) It's a routine night oil. I think it's called, uh, I have to give you the exact name, but it's, it's a night oil by the company called Routine. Okay. Canadian, it's a Canadian brand founded by these, I think these two sisters. Very, very nice. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for being part of the Kelly Lumber podcast and wishing you every success. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode today. I'd love to know what inspired you the most. Was there something that was said? Was there a real takeaway that you're like, do you know what? I'm actually going to go away and implement this. Then if there is, head over to Instagram because I hang out there and I really want to hear what is you say. Come and leave me a DM. 
Tell me the best part, or even better, share it with a friend and inspire them too. We are growing weekly and it's all down to you. Thank you so much in advance. Reviewer of the week actually left this message and it made me so happy. Awesome podcast. Every episode gives me an insight into how I can grow my business brand and manage my life around this. Can't wait for the next episode. That was from DKUB2387. So they mean so much. If you haven't left a review yet, then please do head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. And don't forget, be inspired and keep following your dreams. Until next time, bye for now.